All right. This is Donovan Bailey, MSLGSW. We are back. Uh, this is our third podcast, I believe. And uh, this is an outgrowth of something I wanted to do as a social worker, speaking to issues that I see often. I give my perspective on them. And it just happened to work out well now because I'm working for, excuse me, I'm running for Minnesota House 25B. And so I'm mixing in some of that uh, social work stuff along with uh, particularly running for office because I want people to know who I am and why I'm running. I plan to do all the other stuff as I can do that. Um, but certainly uh, I want to use any medium I can to get my voice out there, particularly in running for office, and then also to speak to the issues that I am passionate about. Um, and so that's the reason why I'm doing this, and thank you for tuning in. We'll get right at it. This is a Anchor FM podcast. It's a free podcast, and uh, on that you'll have Spotify and some of those other venues to uh, listen to this podcast. Also, I have a Facebook messenger, Donovan Bailey, MSLGSW, if you want to uh, send questions or comments. And then also I have a YouTube channel of which uh, the screen will have you have me on there. You can see this live. And again, if you want to send questions and comments that way as well. So thank you for tuning in. I am hopping, popping, and ready to rock. And I'll tell you why. I, first of all, as I tell you why, I need to apologize over the weekend, the last four or five days, I've been in Phoenix, Arizona on a college trip with my daughter, um, and that was glorious. That was magical. That was all of uh, everything and then some. And so uh, I wasn't able to do any podcasts over that time. I thought I would be able to, uh, but I was into uh, the college visit, and then we went to the Grand Canyon as well. Uh, we went to Grand Canyon University, and uh, it was a great time. And just as, again, you get to know me, this is a good opportunity to point out this. I'm a family first type of guy. Um, and certainly um, I wanted to get, put everything into family. So I just put the podcast and the running for office aside for about four or five days to focus on my family. And so in that, I'm a little bit behind on getting some things done. But we'll be out to the February caucuses tomorrow. I'm asking you to caucus for Donovan Bailey for Minnesota House 25B. Let me throw something really quick out there, and particularly as it relates to social work and myself. As an at-risk youth, uh, one thing was huge about me as an at-risk youth, and there's very many things that have contributed to who Donovan Bailey is today, like it or not. But here I am. And one of the things that really contributed to my life, and it's through uh, this church that really outreached, had a big outreach program to all these at-risk crazy youth, such as myself. One of the things they did very well, and I think something you got to do with at-risk youth, it is the idea of exposure. My college took us to, excuse me, this um, community-oriented church or whatever, took uh, all these at-risk youth to colleges and all that, and they exposed us to positivity and what our life could be. And I have followed that not only in some of the things I've done, but also with my own kids, offering them exposure to uh, what their future might become. And this was an exposure opportunity, Grand Canyon University, amazing private university. Um, uh, and also we went to the Grand Canyon. That's exposure in and of itself. Uh, amazing wonder of the world, craziness. I could not believe what we were seeing my daughter as well. So that's what I was doing for the past four or five days. Again, I apologize for not getting a podcast out there, but it was fun. But expose those at-risk youth 
to college, positivity, nature, you name it, to open their eyes beyond some of the negative things they will see. And I guarantee you it'll make a great difference in their lives. If I can throw out a name that, uh, that does that very, very well, that is a program called Project Legacy, ran by Karen Edmonds and her dear husband, John Edmonds. They do a great job of exposing their at-risk youth and um, those children that they work with and, and uh, young adults to great things. Well, what else is up? Did you see the memorial of Kobe Bryant today in L.A.? It's been hard. It's been almost 30 days uh, since his death. Um, but I will tell you, as I've learned, and I'm not very learned in this, but in the African tradition, um, there, the mourning, if you will, takes a long time. It's not a death and it's over and you go on. They take time to mourn. And in some sense, it seems as though the community, uh, the world at large, or certainly the nation at large, is taking its time with mourning the death of Kobe Bryant. And we saw that today as L.A., did their thing for him. And I, and I tell you, I it's hard for me to watch as I'm a basketball guy. I grew up basketball. Sports was a big um, vehicle to teach me a lot of things. And so um, it's easy for me to be disturbed at the death of one of the, the NBA's greatest in that of Kobe Bryant. So I watched a little bit. But uh, Mrs. Bryant and uh, some of her comments on her husband, just look at it. I, I certainly can't speak to it. Um, but it is a memorial to uh, her husband, obviously, and her young child and the seven others that died. But it is a proper way to mourn. And, and don't be scared to check that out and look at that for your own health and also the moving on of one of the nation's icons in, in sports. What else is up? Did you see? Uh, oh, boy, you got to watch it. Did you see the debates last week? Uh, the Democratic National Debates last week with Bloomberg. I am not a Bloomberg fan, not because I don't like Bloomberg and what he's done, but to buy his way into um, the election process to me, it just, it just seems a little un-American. But with that said, I, I, I think Democrats, we got to wake up on this. Is there something psychologically wrong if we elect this guy to be the Democratic nominee? I'm not saying he's Donald Trump, but what I am saying is we got billionaire, we got racism, we got sexism, and probably some arrogance that we got to deal with. And as as Elizabeth Warren said, why in the world will we elect another Donald Trump? Different version, but Donald Trump. And I think, boy, if if all this money, the money is one thing. Again, I think it's un-American. Okay, I'm a billionaire, so I can buy my way in. What does that say to the young person in Appalachia, West Virginia, who never will never be a billionaire? What does that say to the at-risk youth uh, that will never be a billionaire but has the talent to become the president of the United States? It just, whatever. But also the accusations this um, man has on his life, and I understand people change, and I'm a big proponent of, hey, 20 years ago, if I made a mistake, please, I can run for president now. That's one thing. But his his issues are pretty recent, and it's very concerning to me. But watch that debate. Boy, he got raked over the coals, and for good reason. Uh, and for good reason. What else is up? Rob Manafort is still the commissioner of Major League Baseball. He's got to get out of there. Um, also, what's up? Caucuses tomorrow, February 25th. Get out and caucus for your candidate for office. Certainly, I am asking you to caucus for Donovan Bailey. Um, uh, but get out and caucus, get into that American and Minnesota tradition of choosing who you want to run for various offices. And certainly I want you to run, get out and caucus for Donovan 
Bailey, and I'm going to tell you why today. I'm changing up this podcast. I had an original idea to talk on issues um, that are going on in Minnesota, but I'm changing it up a little bit, and I want to speak to this issue. Where is the outrage? Where is the outrage? And I want to use it to talk about why I'm running. But anyways, caucuses tomorrow. Okay, why caucus for Donovan Bailey? We're going to get to some stuff here. I want to get into a little bit of my Vita or resume, just so you know who I am. I can't obviously give everybody my resume or whatever, but I'm just going to go down the list, and it's going to be probably a little bit boring as I do this. Uh, But I want you to know who Donovan Bailey is um, in some way so you understand. If I vote for this guy, if I caucus for this guy, who is he and what can he do in St. Paul? Um, can he do anything? Does he have any experience? What what can he literally do? Um, he's talking about his diversity, inclusion stuff, blah, blah, blah. But who is he and what can he do to make those things happen? Well, just to let you know, I am a, a working on my PhD. Education-wise, I'm working on my PhD in social and community services, working on that as we speak. Previous to my education, I have a master's in education leadership, uh, bachelor's in biblical studies of all things, and also have an AA in law enforcement. Yes, I was a cop at one time. I'm a licensed social worker in the state of Colorado and a licensed uh, social worker, obviously, here in Minnesota. I am a licensed uh, peace officer, but that is currently inactive as I haven't practiced as a police officer for, wow, I can't believe it. It might be 18 years. Um, I have various um, uh, training in corrections. I've got two certificates from the National Institute of Corrections Leadership and management for minorities and women, and then advanced leadership and advanced management for minorities and leadership in women. And this was um, through the National Institute of Corrections in Aurora, Colorado. I also am a current, a cultural competency facilitator. I train um, at our, um, uh, in various venues, but, I, but, but mainly through recovery is happening. I was trained under Dr. Deidre uh, Hawkins, and one small change in Atlanta, Georgia. Great training on becoming a cultural competency facilitator. So that's my education, and I bring all that to running for office. Again, working on my PhD, bachelor's, master's, uh, cultural competency facilitator, former police officer, and educated on that. So that's who I am educationally. Vocationally, I think many of you know I work for the Public Defender's Office as a dispositional advisor or sentencing advocate. I'm a licensed social worker, and I advise our legal team on juvenile and adult uh, criminal dispositions. That flows in many different ways. Obviously, our attorneys do the great work. We've got great staff there at the Public Defender Office, great family, great people. Love all of you, though, uh, those of you who are listening in. But we advocate for indigent clients in, and, and help them with their counsel as it relates to uh, legal defense. This is a constitutional right. You should not um, not have representation on criminal matters um, in the United States um, if you are indigent. And so that's what we do. And that encompasses a lot of things and, and a lot of reasons why I'm running. We advocate on a lot of different issues. Also, as I said, I'm a cultural competency facilitator. I've uh, done some instruction at Inver Hills Community College instructing. Also, uh, for the last 15 years, I've worked for Rim of Rochester, working with the mentally and physically challenged. I've done that for 15 years as a moonlighting job, working with the um, uh, developmentally disabled. I've done that for years, and so it's 15 years with Rim, um, so I have that under my belt. 
Also, I'm a, I work on the psychosocial team and also as a, as a youth counselor in, uh, for the Children's Hospital of Colorado. Uh, I've been out, out there six years um, working with young children and youth that have uh, major burns. They come out to this camp and some of the most horrific burns you can imagine, and, and more so maybe the reasons why these young kids got burned. But I work as a camp counselor and a social worker on a psychosocial team. That is, I'll be honest with you, one of the greatest times of my life working with those young people, being up in Colorado, the beauty of the mountains, and helping these young kids. And actually, I don't help them, they help me. And uh, I got that's a lot of tribute to a lot of the folks at Children, Children's Hospital of uh, Colorado. Just a great opportunity. So that's what I do. My previous uh, work experience, I've been a police officer for a little, a little bit of time. I've been a residential treatment uh, uh, supervisor for programs here in Rochester and in Iowa. Um, and I've had various op jobs through um, my uh, life, the past 12 years with the Public Defender Office, and past 15 uh, as well with um, the rim of Rochester. Just to give you an idea of what I've done in voluntary, volunteer experience, I'm currently a, a committee member for the 3rd District Equal Justice Committee, and that committee is is focused on racial uh, equity and equality within the 3rd District uh, Judicial System of Minnesota. Um, I'm also on the DFL Community Corrections Task Force Committee, uh, excuse me, Olmstead County, excuse me, uh, Community Task Force Committee, and we work to um, uh, just assist and advise uh, Travis Granzi in his efforts with the Olmstead County um, Community Corrections. In the past, I've been on the Olmstead County Drug Court Committee. Um, as it was getting going, I've been on the Olmstead County Human Rights Commission. I've been uh, on the board of Mission 21. Uh, formerly, I was also for a term on the Minnesota uh, uh, Council for Minnesotans of African Heritage, formerly at that time, the Council for Black Minnesotans, in that I worked on legislation and many things up in St. Paul with the governor's office. That is a governor-elected position, and I had the privilege of doing that. Um, also, I've been on the state of Minnesota Trustee Candidate Advisory Council, and that's a state uh, uh, um elected board also and our 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 job there was to um help elect board members for the minnesota college minskew system so i was on that as well so that's some of the volunteer work that i've done other than i've done some keynote speaking on mlk day um i've been a workshop presenter at the annual community empowerment for black men black men healing conference um done some training obviously in cultural competency at, for the J Children's Hospital of Denver. I've done various things in presentations, um, but that's pretty much who I am as a person. I've had a varied experience um, doing what I do, particularly for cultural competency and working for the least of these. A lot of what uh, the uh, Democratic Party is about, I do not only 24-7 uh, at my jobs, but it's, it's who I am, both in working for the Rim of Rochester working for the Public Defender Office, all the various committees I've been on and still am on, and what I do in the community. And what I, one thing I did not mention is Barbershop Talk South Minnesota. That is a, um, a online uh, grassroots media program that we started um, uh, a while ago. Um, and we have used that the last two seasons to bring out leaders in our community to talk about the issues of our community to the minority community 
certainly in the African-American community. And in that we've interviewed the mayor, we've interviewed the governor, we've interviewed admissions. Um, um, we've interviewed uh, the governor, the mayor, um, council members, musicians, I was trying to say, comedians, various folks throughout the community. And that is Barbershop Talk Minnesota. So I've done a lot in, re in, re in relationship to who I am and why I'm running. I've got great experience. Um, big time experience. I'll say that. Um, and that's who you would be electing to, for office. That's who you'll be caucusing for tomorrow if you choose to, to do so. I've got varied and vast experience on the, de the Democratic platform, and I'll use those goals to do what I need to do. But also, why else should you caucus for Donovan Bailey? I have a bold platform. I'll be honest with you. Not everyone's going to like my platform, and there's no other reason why I would run because I see this as gaps. But my platform is about diversity, inclusion, equity, and cultural competence. Don't get it wrong. Diversity, inclusion, equity, and cultural competence. I am convinced that we need leaders that lead from this standpoint. Now, all, all issues are not issues of diversity, inclusion, equity, and cultural competence. But we have come to the day, and I'll tell you why, where we need to lead through those lenses, particularly for people who are impoverished, minorities, so that everyone in Minnesota can benefit. And that is why I'm running. I have uh, the, the, the experience for it, as I've just told you. I've been doing this for a year on end. And I want to take that to St. Paul so that we, that Minnesotans as a whole, can benefit from that. Let me give you a couple examples as to why I'm running and why I'm running on this platform and why you need to caucus for Donovan Bailey. Two incidents I want to get to real quickly. Did you hear about, and I believe I've mentioned this before, and, and as I mentioned these things, this is no slight to our great leaders in this town and in this area. But it has to be mentioned so that we can be a better area, we can be a better Minnesota. Did you hear about the incident of the homeless man who had, a, I'll just keep it real, a third of a skull bitten off by a, an Olmstead County Sheriff? Um, and I'll try to explain the incident as best as I can. Um, Low-level incident um, on drugs. They went looking, for, the sheriff went looking for an individual, um, did not find her. Um, and then I believe on the outside of a Walmart, they were searching for this individual. Again, a low-level drug offense. They decided to employ the dogs, the police dogs in this process. Long story short, a police officer found a homeless man, chewed off a third of a skull. Um, that's one thing. Then the sheriff's department, the Olmstead County Board, the Olmstead County um, Attorney's Office, from what, what at least the report says on KAAL, and that's where I'm getting my information from. And again, this is no slight to our great leaders. And I've, I've interviewed mostly all of these leaders or talked with them or worked with them. But basically what they did is what they kept it under wraps. They paid this um, this person who was hurt a quarter, a little over half a million dollars, 650000 I believe, to take care of him and the expenses, and they got quiet about it and went on. Um, to me, this is an issue to where we have to wake up. Not only the incident, and that's one thing, on the, but the leadership pushing this under the rug. I, I only ask this question in that. 
if there was diversity on the Olmstead County Board, if there was diversity in the Sheriff's Department, if there was diversity in these various departments, do you think they would have made this hush-hush, paid the man a half a million dollars or a little more than a half a million, I got to be careful there, and just let it go? I would say no. Think about some of the things that have happened in the last five to eight years with police brutality and some Black Lives Matter, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not, just think about that. And then we had this incident right here, different homeless man. I believe he wasn't a minority, but the same thing, uh, an impoverished person, a person that, that doesn't have a voice, was, was hurt and now has a, a life scar on the head. And yet they would hush hush about it, gave him a little bit of money and did that money pay for everything? I mean, legal fees, um, medical expenses, uh, and then, hey, a little bit of put in your pocket. I don't know. But think about that. Another one is the Rochester Public Schools. They just, uh, they are, uh, uh, Post Bulletin just came out an article basically saying that the public schools are still struggling with discipline with minority kids. I want to read some of the, the article there, if I could, really quickly. They're still uh, struggling with discipline with minority kids. And let me hit this, um, just for those of you who don't know. I'm going to read some of this, uh, just so you just to get you in there. Uh, racial disparities in discipline actions at Russell School persisted last semester. That's this year. Um, let me read the discipline numbers from the first half of the school year were presented to the Rochester School Board on Tuesday as a part of the report to the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. This was February 20th. The district is required to submit the report and submit plans to address the disparity as a part of an agreement with the U.S. Department of Education, Education's Office of Civil Rights. That's Rochester, Minnesota. The OCR, OCR intervened in the school district after a five-year compliance review completed in 2015, it revealed that black students at Rochester schools were being disproportionately disciplined. A lot of you know about this, but I wanted to reiterate that. That issue is still going on. While the article says there is some improvement, it's still bad. Since then, the district has been working with the MDHR in tracking the d disparities in discipline. Um, and it goes on to talk about this. Suspension for fights nearly doubled from first semester last school year in the first semester of 2019 to 2020 school year from 120 to 220. Suspensions for physical aggression also climbed from 154 to 215. That is our public school system here in the third largest city in Minnesota in the, the renowned city that we live in. And this is why I'm running. And I want, I want to get on this. We need diverse leadership to understand the issues, to deal with these issues. I can guarantee if you have a passionate person, passionate board members, and I spoke with these board members on Barbershop Talk. We spoke with these members, rather. And they spoke to dealing with these issues. Many of those board members are now on the board and nothing is being done. I know the issue is difficult. I know it's complicated, but a lot of those board members that are on that board sat with Barbershop Talk Minnesota and talked about how they were going to do something. Okay, something is amiss if nothing's being done. 
I know it's complicated. I know it's a tough issue. But this is Rochester, Minnesota. Why isn't things being done? And I'm not saying I would be an exemplary leader or not, but if this major issue is not being dealt with, we have problems. And some of you might say, wait a minute, Donovan. You're talking about inclusivity and diversity, equity and cultural competence. The head of the Rochester Public School Board is African-American. The superintendent is Hispanic. What's the deal, Donovan? You got your minority leadership. Why are we still having these problems? I would say this, and this kind of goes to a lot of things here in Minnesota, a Rochester area. We have a lot of people who speak to the issues of diversity and inclusion and equity and so on and so forth. But if it doesn't, if the actions don't follow the verbiage, what's the problem? If the actions don't follow the verbiage, what's the problem? I can guarantee you if I was a superintendent of that school system and had those issues, I probably would not have my job. I am not calling for anyone's job. I'm not saying these leaders are horrible. I've met with all these leaders. They're great, great people. The question is, if this still is an issue, are you doing your job? And this is where I come to the title of this podcast, Where is the Outrage? Where is the outrage on these issues? Do you remember about three years ago, four years ago, Black Lives Matter was huge, and in our area, Rochester had its own rally for Black Lives Matter. We had various protests. We had various people marching. Do you remember that? I went to one of them with my kids because I wanted to see that. We did not have a Black Lives Matter issue in Minnesota at that time. It was Philando Castile, St. Paul. New York, Kansas, a lot of these different areas, but we weren't having the issue here. However, we had a march of various prominent individuals who are advocates, and I'm not dissing them either. I was one of them, to march in Rochester, Minnesota on the behalf of these issues. My question is, where's the outrage about this police incident? Why aren't we marching about that? Where is the outrage about this continual problem with Rochester Public Schools and black kids? Where is the outrage about that? This is the prison, um, uh, school-to-prison pipeline here. These are the kids that are going to be getting in trouble with cops. Where's the outrage? Now, where's the outrage amongst our leaders? And this is another reason why I'm running. Our leaders should be the ones speaking up, saying, not in Rochester. I don't care if you run for state office. You're in city council, Armstead County Board, school board, whatever. You should be speaking up and saying, this needs to change. We elect you, or you're in positions of leadership to change these problems, however complicated they are. And I know this issue is so multifaceted that it's hard to solve in one lump sum issue. But if we are dealing with this issue over and over and over again, it speaks to our leadership. And that means we do need uh, leaders that are committed to cultural competence, equity, inclusivity, and diversity, and they have a track record of doing that beyond what culture they may encompass. We are electing, we're putting the same people in leadership who speak the evidence-based practice words of inclusivity, diversity, and equity, and cultural competence, but it's not meaning something. We have the feds, in the Rochester public school system, civil rights issues right here in Rochester, Minnesota. 
We just had a homeless man's half of his head being chewed off. And KAAL did a great article. We had folks marching for a Black Lives Matter, and we have no outrage on these incidents. Now, I'm not saying there has to be outrage. I'm showing some outrage. But what I am saying is if, if we want to change these issues, particularly within the DFL, if you're passionate about diversity and inclusivity and all these different things, we have to start putting our money where our mouth is and singing something D-O-N-E. I would be that leader. I would be that leader that wouldn't be afraid to work on these issues in St. Paul or wherever the leadership I would be in and to speak to these issues. This is crazy. And if we continue to put the same people in leadership over and over again, we're going to see the same issues. And as this third largest city continues to grow, we're just going to continually be reactionary to all the diversity and growth and not proactive. I'm running to be proactive on these issues. I'm proactive even as I work for the public defender office in the various areas that I work. And I want to take that to St. Paul. Caucus for Donovan Bailey, if you want this in your leadership. Remember, we all do better when we all do better. That's a quote from the late, great Senator Wellstone. This is why Donovan Bailey is running. Regardless, if you want to caucus for Donovan Bailey or whoever, make sure you get out and caucus. It's a huge thing. So tomorrow, our, our local caucus is February 25th. The Big Daddy is May 15th, I believe, on our DFL convention. You need to get out and, and vote for Donovan Bailey, Minnesota House 25B. And then obviously we'll get into the general election process in November 2020. It went long tonight, but I wanted to give you a full plethora of Donovan Bailey and certainly things that I am passionate about.